Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, Jay Slampkin. And my guest today is a purpose coach, Mr. Marv Fox Jr. Thank you for joining me. As always, appreciate you. Hey, man, welcome back. I had you, uh, it's been a minute, it's been a couple years, but um, it's still been following you. I see you still on your journey, man. How you been? I've been good, man. I've been good. And I appreciate the checking in um, on the content, liking things, and um, I, I appreciate that. But yeah, man, I've been good. Man. We, we're finished up this year and um, just living in purpose uh, and, and li- living a life of purpose and then getting, seeing yourself reach another year uh, is always something worthy of uh just being happy about and being and feeling good about so on and so forth so uh yeah i'm doing i'm doing well um let's actually start with that um it sounds pretty simple but i want you to tell uh, tell the listeners the definition of a purpose coach so for me i am working to help people discover their purpose and to be specific help people figure out where they are passionate and where they are gifted. Um, the challenge in all of that is uh, kind of breaking through all the distractions that we are all hit with every single day. You know, the internal distractions as well as the emotion, the, the external distractions. And so, you know, my goal is to be a, a flashlight to illuminate the signs that are right in front of us, but because of distraction, both inside and outside, um, it can be difficult. So the, the goal is to be a flashlight for people so that they can wreck it, so they can see the evidence, right, themselves and, and validate the, 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 um, the evidence themselves because it's easier to accept. I think sometimes, you know, when you take, um, when you take these, uh, these identity, personality, inventories, or whatever, or you know, surveys, and you 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 fill out all the information, and then somebody sends you some sort of profile, right? We're always interested in what that profile says, but we we everything that that profile says, we 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 honor it, right? We we think it's biblical, it's scripture, and so what ends up happening is we start adjusting our our identity, our understanding of ourselves based on what some what someone else is telling us about our, ourselves, right? And although those, like the Myers-Briggs inventory, personality inventory survey or whatever, although those things are incredibly researched and th- they're valid, they can't really account for everything, right? So there's a necessity for us to identify who we are to do our own research, to confirm and validate ourselves and accept who we are um, as a means to truly understand self so that we can kind of optimize who we are. So uh, to to go back to the first question or or the initial question, my goal is to help people identify where they are gifted. So I'm simply just asking questions. I'm simply, being radically curious, right? And it's kind of asking a question upon question upon question, trying to dig deep so that that person can say, you know what? I am gifted in these areas. And I can look at my bloodline. I can look at my environment. Um, I can look at, you know, all these things that have taken place in my life and confirm that I am 
regardless of what the world says, regardless of what society says, regardless of what education says, or, or I am actually gifted in these areas. And when that person can recognize their gift and not really care about what the outside world has to say about that gift and then start working and applying a lot of effort and energy into that gift, that's when the person really does start to lean into who they are. And that's where the magic happens. So as a purpose coach, again, uh, my goal is to just help people discover their purpose with being a flashlight and illuminate the signs that are in plain hindsight, but sometimes difficult to see because of distraction. Do you ever run into people that are fearful of their gifts? Oh, 100%. 100%. I think instinctively all of us know that to be masterful at anything, to be successful, is scary, right? And, and some of us know that to really unlock a gift or master a gift, it's gonna take a lot of work. So that alone will intimidate somebody from discovering their calling, discovering their gift. Like I, like I know that it's gonna be really tough. I'm gonna to have to sacrifice. I'm gonna to have to give up some things. I'm gonna to have to add some things into my life. Uh, I'm gonna to have to work a certain way. I mean, there's a lot of things that you're gonna to have to do that probably won't feel the best, right? So many people know that and because of that, they shy away from where they are gifted. And so instead of doing the thing that they are built to do, they settle on doing the thing that they can do. And sometimes the things that you can do have limits on them, you know, limits of mediocrity on them. But the thing that you were built to do, I mean, your potential is limitless, but there comes a cost with fulfilling that limited, unlimited potential. It, it comes with a cost, right? And so most people, some people shy away from it. Another thing I think happens a lot of times, some people are, uh, they, they think that their gift isn't sexy enough. You know, it's kind of like uh, you got a, you got a, you got a band, right? And, and, the, and the, the best singer in the group is actually the drummer, but the lead singer in the group is, is not the best singer, but it's probably the best composer, right? Mm -hmm. But the person singing gets all the love. They get all the all of the attention. You dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's hard for people to do something that might be where they might be more behind the scenes and their magic is behind the scenes. Even though they will be great behind the scenes, it's hard to kind of leave that, that limelight. You dig what I'm saying? And, and sometimes because of jealousy, you don't want to take somebody else and put them up front, especially when it's a, a position that you may occupy. So there's a lot of little reasons why we shy away from where we are gifted. Um, but again, the, the, the goal is to try to convince people that if you will lean into this, you could do some incredible things. But sometimes the, the cost that comes with that is, uh, is a turnoff. You say, you say um, I'm going to go to that example you used because the, um, the drummer, he may want to be on the sidelines. Um, not necessarily in the forefront. So do you encounter that a lot? Who Do you encounter people whose gift require them to be more in the limelight, like more in the spotlight, but they're scared of that? So that makes them shy away from their gifts? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, again, you might have a, a, intro, a, a, a introvert who needs to be in front of people to some degree, like it's just a part of the gig. It's it's what's going to make everything pop. I mean, you could think about it like, you know, 
there are, there's been bands like throughout all of musical history where there was a shy, impressionable, um, insecure, brilliant talent that said, I'm much more happy, you know, writing the song, composing the song, maybe doing some playing an instrument, right? And maybe the lead singer was like, listen, why don't you just be the lead singer? You know, why don't you just come ahead and go, go be, be, get front and center and, and get on this mic and take it to the next level? And sometimes a leader might have to fight tooth and nail with someone to get them out of their comfort zone and say, listen, get on this mic, man. So I think there's, there's, there's times where we have to uh, learn that, again, what we are, where we are gifted will require us to also acquire other skills, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and develop, um, yeah, develop, uh, acquire other skills in an effort to unlock our greatest gift. You know, I was, as an entrepreneur, I hate the, the business side of things. I hate the negotiation process. I'm not at a point in my life where somebody's negotiating my contract. You know, I don't have some publicists. I don't have I, I don't I don't have those people in my life. I have some people who help me out with those things, but for the longest I had to I had to negotiate my own contract. I had to figure out money and 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 just, you know, uh I, I, things that I do not like, you know, things that I write contracts up, send out proposals and things of that nature. I just wanted to get on a get on a, I just wanted to get on somebody's stage and talk. But I realized that I have to become a better businessman in order for me to sustain my business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's all these little skills that we have to acquire in order to unlock the skill. And you may not want to do it, but you have to always think about what can I do for myself, my family, my community, and how can I, and, and what, what, what would happen if I were able to acquire the skill? How would it impact, how would I be able to impact an, an industry? And if you can keep that at the forefront, hopefully we'll inspire you to get beyond some of your, some of the things you don't want to do so you can do the thing that you were built to do. You mentioned um, people being in their comfort zones. Is that something that you help people get out of? Because you, you said it yourself, you have to be able to get out of your comfort zone to really tap into your gifts. Yeah, so my biggest thing is, uh, one of the things that I kind of live in, you know, one of the things that I absolutely 100% live and die by is the, this, um, this understanding of, the, the spirit feels, the spirit feels, the heart loves and endures, the mind thinks, and the body performs. And in there, there's a verbal piece too. Um, and what I mean by that is when the spirit, heart, and mind are in, in sync, it will impact the words you say, right? And then on top of that, you start moving a bit different. And when your spirit, heart, mind, your words, and your physical effort are all in alignment, that's when manifestation comes about. That's when transformation takes place. So dealing with somebody who um, is, 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 is having a hard time getting out of their comfort zone, it starts with the emotional piece. And it's, can you, the question, the question that I'm always asking and the work that is probably the toughest part of all of this stuff is teaching people how to replace their unproductive emotions with productive emotions, right? So I don't want to say anything that's negative or positive, anything like that. But is what you're feeling knowing, or what, is what you're feeling going into this endeavor, is it 
is it productive, right? Are you enthusiastic? Are you excited? Are you curious? Um, are you confident? So on and so forth. If not, can we override insecurity, being afraid, doubtful, um, scared, intimidated, whatever? Can we override those emotions with something that is more productive so that you give yourself a chance? You give yourself a chance to kind of get in there and, and find a little bit of success that you can now, you know, you could ride that wave, you could ride that vibration, and hopefully you can acquire some more success down the line and, and kind of experience enough good fortune and, and good results that it will inspire you to keep going, right? So again, it goes back to, can the person who doesn't feel like being uncomfortable, can I get that person to feel like being enthusiastic about, be excited about being uncomfortable? And I think that's the tough work that um, all of us have to deal with from time to time is that emotion of um, not feeling like it, but can you, on command so that you can do something for the collective, but uh, working through that uncomfort, that, that working through that comfortability piece is, is, is quite challenging. It's probably the, 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 the most challenging part of the work. What does that, what does that process look like? Like how long would you, I know it's different, but on average, how long would you say that process is to get the grow that confidence? I think it's a conversation. It's just, it's, it's constant because emotions are, Emotions are something that we have to be mindful of throughout, like nonstop. It's it's infinite. I think that you know, at some point, when you start dealing and really diving deep into your emotions, it can it can feel like a chore, right? Um, but the longer you, the more you do it, you just become more conditioned, and to be aware of your emotional state, it it becomes you know, it's just like the person who runs, you know five miles a day or three miles a day who gets in their Peloton and like just rocks out every day. You know, it's just, it's just what we do now. You know, the pain doesn't feel that painful. You can still push if you really want to. It's just what we do. So it's not necessarily a, a, a there's not a, a time cap or duration on it. It's more so it's just a constant conversation topic. And so one of the techniques that I use when talking about emotions is um, I call it the A-game. And the A game is an emotion processing method, an emotion processing method. And so it's four A's. So every time that you feel something, the first thing you have to do is you have to acknowledge what you're feeling or acknowledge your moments and emotions. You have to accept your moments and emotions enough to make friends with them. And so that's part of, that's some of the, that's where the magic happens, I believe, in that when you feel something, if you can identify it, because many of us have a hard time communicating through the language of emotion, right? Telling you exactly what you feel. Because most people just say, I'm happy, I'm sad, or I'm mad. They can't get beyond that. But if possible, to sit, sit, sit down and have a conversation with your emotions is basically like saying, hey, anger, insecurities, doubt, you know, why are you here? And, and hopefully those emotions will talk to you and say, hey, we've been here for a long time because you're 23 years old, but this happened when we were 11. And this other thing happened when we were 13 and this other thing happened when you were 15 and you never talked about it. You, know, you never unpacked it. You never dealt with it. And so because of that, we've been sticking around bothering you, <laughs> you know, making sure that every time you do this, we pop up 
so that we can get your attention and let you know that if you would just kind of talk to us and figure us out, you could unlock some different skills in your life. You dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so once we acknowledge, accept our emotions, then we have to appreciate them, right? You have to hopefully appreciate, okay, I'm kind of glad that those troubling things happened to me because they unearthed the necessity to develop these other skills or they unearthed these talents or these skills or whatever the case may be. Now I'm, I'm not in conflict with the past. I'm not in conflict with some of the BS that's happened to me. I actually appreciate that that happened to me because now I see how it's matured me, how it's built me up. Now I can accelerate. That's the fourth A. Now I can accelerate leaving behind the things that I don't need and taking with me the things that I need, right? So I say all that to say, that's a constant conversation, Lamp. Like that, that just never stops. So we might, in terms of helping somebody get over this, this, this uh, being uncomfortable, we might take, we may be taking small steps, we might take giant steps, but we're always gonna come back to, what are you feeling? What can you accept? What are you appreciating about this moment? And what are you gonna accelerate with? And what are you leaving behind? So that that's a, a constant conversation I think that we all need to have, uh, whether it's fulfilling our purpose or just going to work and, and, and grinding it out, you know, on a regular, on a Wednesday in March. <laughs> Is it a fair statement to say, if you don't have these tough conversations, these conversations that's dealing with your emotions, that you can never truly unlock your gifts? Yeah. Yeah. I I think everything that everything that is started and finished on a high level starts and ends with a strong emotional foundation, right? You 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 have to feel like it. Right. Because once you feel like it, that will unlock a love affair. And, and, and in my when, when I talk about love, I'm really talking about endurance. So when you say you love somebody, you're really saying I'll endure with you. I'll endure with you. I'll endure for you. I'll go through something for you. I'll go through something with you. So when you start thinking about an idea or a goal or a quest or a destination, um, a lifestyle, a life, whatever, you have to be in. You have to feel it first. There's got to be positive emotions connected to that. And then that will unlock the love affair. And that will give you the ability to endure whatever you go th you're going through and think through the complexities of how to unlock it. Right. So now when the emotional connection is strong, when the when the love connection is strong, then the mind will think through any and all things. Right. And um, that that process starts with a, 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 an emotional one. And there are tons of people who just talk about the mental side of things. And it's like, we could talk about the mental side of things, but like, like if I said, hey, you know, you gotta eat better. You gotta eat, you gotta eat better, you gotta drink more water. Someone can tell me, right? All of the benefits of drinking water and eating healthier. But the question is, do you feel like it? <laughs> if you don't feel like it, you're not going to eat that stuff or you're not going to drink those things and you're not, not for a long time. So it all goes back to the physical, the, the, the emotional piece. So to answer your question, to, to, to do something incredible, to do something uh, remarkable, to do something outstanding, to do something for a long time, sustain success, to, to do something that requires you to reimagine it from season to season, 
you know what I'm saying? So that you can do it for as long, of, you know, for as long as possible. You have to feel an emotional connection to the idea or the endeavor that, that, that will give you the ability to love it long enough so that you can think through it long enough so that your words will always talk about it a certain way and your body will always respond to the opportunity to, to, to get involved. So if you're not going, if you're not willing to get into the emotional piece of success or living, and you think you can just set aside your emotions and just think your way through it or love your way through it with no emotional connection, that at some point you're going to wake up one day and you're not going to feel like doing it. And it's up to you to figure out, well, why don't I feel like it? And figure out if it's really a time for change or if it's a time for you to replace those negative emotions with positive emotions so that you can get the job done a little longer. So if we're not investing ourselves in the emotional space, the emotional realm, there's a good chance that um, we might not necessarily be failures, but we may never optimize who we could become or who we were built, built to be. I want to go into genius level talent because I hear you talk about it so much. Um, it's like drilled into my head whenever I see you do a video. Mm -hmm. I want you to talk to the listeners about genius level talent. So genius level talent is a um, concept for, okay, let me, let me talk, give you the origin story behind this. It's nothing super fancy or anything like that, but um, I was listening to an interview by Jay-Z or with Jay-Z and he said it twice in an interview. Um, and it was very, he said it, with so much conviction and because it's him, he said it with so much conviction that it just, it just made sense. And he was basically saying that everybody has a genius level talent, right? And we have to figure out what that is, right? And he just kind of kept him moving. And he just kind of kept talking about, you know, his greatness or being great or whatever the case may be. But because it was him, it, it spoke volumes. The, 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 the three words together sound dope, genius level talent, right? And so I was just hooked. But he never really explained it. He never really went into detail. He just said everybody had a genius level talent. So I just kind of kept that with me and I started using it in speaking engagements. But the funny thing about it, it was a it was a it was a it was a concept that that I used a lot, but it was empty. Like I couldn't, I couldn't really elaborate on it. And I was and I would and kind of like Jay-Z, the way he said it, it's almost like Jay-Z said genius level talent as though it's a common term that we all are aware of right that that already has a definition connected to it and so i that's how i would say it i would say it like when i say genius level talent everybody's going to know what i'm talking about so i'm going to say it with enough conviction that hopefully no one will require more information from me right? <laughs> so i'm up here talking about it and now every time i would say genius level talent i would kind of uh speed through that term use it but then speed through because i didn't have anything behind it and then i stumbled upon a guy by the name of howard gardner who is a uh, psychologist american psychologist uh, i think he's connected to some, one of the ivy league schools harvard yale princeton one of those and um he came up with this theory called multiple intelligence theory multiple intelligence theory and what he says is that we all have nine forms of intelligence um and of those nine forms of intelligence we are special at some combination of the nine. So my goal as a purpose coach is to help people identify of these nine forms of intelligence, where are you gifted? And we look at 
environment. How does the environment show you your gifts or cultivate your gifts? Genetics. How does you know who who in your family possesses these skills? Or what 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 talent patterns can you identify in the bloodline? And then sometimes when you have somebody who shows up different than anybody else in the family, you say that's God. That's God. (laughs) God must have you know made you different than the family because he had a different um, purpose for you. You know what I'm saying? So um, genius level talent is a natural a, a collection is a, is, is a collection of natural ability abilities that are capable of becoming um, elite level skills. So capable simply means capable is important is because not all of our talents are genius level compatible. Some of our talents have you know ceilings on them, but then we have these other abilities that are limitless. And so when you think about the genius level talent, it sounds like a singular concept, but in fact, it's really plural. So our genius level talent is the combination of um, some combination of the nine forms of intelligence that we all possess. So, you know, for me, I would say that I'm a people smart, understand people, self smart. Um, I'm kind of I'm aware of my strengths and weaknesses. Um, uh, word smart, being able to use words, and I don't think my my lexicon is incredibly expansive or anything like that, but I understand how to use words effectively to communicate efficiently so that when I walk away, people aren't confused about what just took place, right? Um, (laughs) There's an existential, there's a life smart, existentialism, life smart, kind of being able to answer tough questions that seem sometimes impossible to answer. I enjoy that, that, that brain, that, that, that thought exercise and then body smart. So of the nine, I think I have five, but I feel like though I have five of them, four or five of them. And so these four or five gifts are what make up my genius level talent. So every day I am looking for opportunities that will exercise all four of these or all four or five of these talents. And I work on them consistently so I can crystallize them and turn my my genius level talent into something that is uh, undeniable and that is also uh, helpful to others. I want to back up because you said something about the environment being an influence. Um, what if they're in a really bad environment? Like, how how does that work? I mean, it's, it's every environment is working to. Well, let me go back. The universe, I believe, life is working to do one of two things. Life is either working to. Um, expose you or show you your purpose or strengthen you within your purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And so through environment, it doesn't matter if the person has grown up in the city in different parts of the city in in a rural area, uh, suburbs, uh, whatever. All those environments are are cultivating gifts, right? Well, they're doing, first, they're working to show you your gift. Right. So if you have somebody who grows up in a tough environment, maybe they needed to see some of those tough things so that they could develop in some specific way that would um, unlock the skill. You know, um, just 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 an example. I was talking to a parent about 
uh, just raising children. Um, and I'm from Detroit. And I was telling her, you know, we all want to earn uh, enough where we can make sure that our, our upbringing is better than our kids' upbringing. And so what that means is you want to put them in better schools, better neighborhoods, uh, give, put them in situations where they have more resources, so on and so forth. But sometimes with all the, the, the better schools, the better resources, the better neighborhoods, there's a certain, the, the environment doesn't bring out the tenacity that one might need to outwork hundreds, thousands, millions of people, right? Mm -hmm. And I was saying, I come from, I'm from Detroit. I didn't, I wasn't, I, I definitely wasn't, I was sheltered. I wasn't running the streets at all. Um, but I did grow up in Detroit, like for <laughs> real, for real. So there's a certain level of toughness, tenacity. Um, I've experienced enough things that I carry with me today now that I live in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is an affluent town. We're influenced by the University of Michigan Hospital as well as the University of Michigan uh, University. Uh, there's a, a private college here. There's Eastern down the street. I mean, it, it, this, I mean, it's higher education and medicine. And so where we live, raising our kids for my kids is great. But there's also a little lack of toughness in our kids because they don't have to develop it in the neighborhood. You dig what I'm saying? Right. So right. by our, our environments, whether they are ideal or not, are working to pull something out of us. And so sometimes the unfortunate, not unfortunate, but sometimes the, uh, sometimes the environments that don't seem like the best environments inspire ingenuity and they inspire us to do incredible things. And um, again, those are sometimes the distractions. Can you imagine telling some kid, hey, you went through this so you can be great? Yeah. But that person is seeing a lot of things that just aren't healthy for them to see. And those are the distractions that kind of stop a lot of kids from being great because instead of being inspired by the dysfunction, they become a, a lesser product of yeah. the dysfunction, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. You mentioned your kids and you 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 grew up, you, like you, you just said yourself, you grew up in Detroit, um, you went to school, you got educated, and now you have resources to move to Ann Arbor. And that's where you're raising your family. But you talked about your kids growing up in Ann Arbor. Do you sometimes get nervous about them not being tough enough because you've had, you've given them so many resources in such a great environment? All the time, all the time. You know, um, we're living, we're living in a, in a day and time where, oh man, the, we, we have to be very careful about how we talk to people. We have to be very careful about how we identify people. I mean, we, we, we really have to be very conscious of language and behavior and, um, you know, there's a lot of diversity, equity, inclusion type of work that we all have to do just in our, you know, in our everyday life. Right. Mm -hmm. And some of it is very valid, some of it is very valid, but, but some people are abusing 
um, they are abusing the efforts of some people who want to create a more equitable and equal working space and living space. They are abusing that and making it so that you have to be, um, you got to be mindful of every single person in the room, every single identity, every single personality, every single everything, right? And so what you end up doing is you end up walking on eggshells and you're so afraid to say anything to people because you're afraid you'll offend people. And some people, they're afraid to lose your job. Mm-hmm. So I say all that to say, we're raising kids in an environment that is rather soft, right? You know, we, we're, we're, we're in the, uh, everybody gets a, a trophy <laughs> phase, right? Yeah. So there used to be a time where as long as you, as long as you created a safe home for your kids, a strong home for your kids, the world would, you know, the, the world would kind of hold them accountable, natural consequences, right? Yeah. But now, so, so, so like, let's say sport. So you could put your kid in sport, natural consequences, like everything that you ever wanted to tell your kid about, you know, preparation, um, working hard, getting after it, um, being, you know, communication, all the things, right? Losing, how you deal with losing, you know, how you deal with being cut, how you deal with disappointment, whatever. How do you deal with winning? How do you deal with being dominant? Sports could do that for you. But now sports is so soft because the coach can't coach because the coach is like, well, if I coach this kid too much, she's going to cry. She's going to cry. Now they're going to go to their parent. Their parent going to come after me. Now I'm a... Uh, I'm a monster. Now I'm not fit to be with kids. You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a little microcosm of what we're all going through. We now have to figure out like, now how do we create an environment for our children in this home, outside the home that will elicit tenacity, toughness, resilience, competitive spirit, um, the, the 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 will and drive to outwork somebody um where do we where, where do we, how do we do that when you got so many different areas of life who everybody's afraid to coach and and beat and, and tough love and and give support but also give high levels of accountability so when you so when you ask me that question i'm thinking like we live in ann arbor and it's like every day i'm like maybe i hope through what we do in this house and the coach that our kids sees, the teachers, the educators that our kids have to be in front of, I hope that by serendipity, <laughs> there's some sort of energy that is making, that will pull out of my child higher levels of toughness and resilience so that they can hopefully do something under pressure when it's when it's important down the line for their families because it's it's tough man they say they say that what's the word it's like uh good times create soft men mm-hmm. you know something yep. like that yeah it's levels to it but uh that's that's what we're dealing with and so uh yeah i'm always trying to figure out how to toughen up the kids without traumatizing them do you have be do you ever talk about your childhood with them yeah, but at some point I'm dead. I'm an idiot, so <laughs> it doesn't really. 
Like my, my, my son, he's 15 years old. He plays basketball. He plays freshman basketball. And um, I am, when I'm not training, when I'm not coaching people on purpose, I, I coach people um, in basketball skill. So basketball skills trainer. So um, I have a beautiful, I don't have, I don't own it, but I am the director of, of you know, skill development, basketball camps, clinics, all things related to getting getting people better for basketball and um i have a some multi-million i work in a multi-million dollar facility gorgeous gorgeous place gorgeous uh place my son knows what i do for a living he knows he knows what i do for a living <laughs> i coach college basketball for 10 years um I've, I've i've coached some i've coached quite a few thousand point scores scoring a thousand points in college is not easy um and I've sent some people to the pros. I have, I've had people get MVPs overseas. Uh, I've, 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 I got a, I got a resume. I got a resume. Um, right. There's people with better resumes, but I, I have one, and it's you know it's decent. <laughs> Trying to get my son to listen to me sometimes can be like pulling teeth. <laughs> you know, so there's 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 time and a place where my growing up makes total sense. But then there's times when how I grew up doesn't matter because they're not growing up in Detroit. They're growing up in Ann Arbor. Yes. So my, my Detroit stories, stories about growing up in Detroit just don't, they don't, don't matter. You know, and, and I know that when I was younger, I was an only child. So I had my, I had my mother and father's attention where I have three children and they got to split up that attention. So again, telling people, telling them about my childhood sometimes doesn't matter because I was an only child. I have three kids and they got siblings. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. there's, 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 there's like, if you can't really, you got to be very, very specific and you got to make sure that the story really does match their life mm-hmm. or match what they're going through. Because if the, the specs or the details are off, I mean, like, it may not really hit the same. So you, you try to be, you try to walk them down memory lane when it, when it, when it matters, when it's necessary. But sometimes you just got to say, you know what, my story doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I have to really commit myself to um, understanding their story and working through that, you know, working through their, helping them work through their own story, which can be tough. Cause sometimes you just want to tell them like when I was younger, but sometimes this doesn't matter. You are you are a life coach and you're also a basketball skills coach. How do, would you say basketball correlates to life? Um, in a myriad of ways. Somebody told me a long time ago, it was an actual principle, a principle that I respect uh, quite a bit. And he was uh, we were having a we was having a conversation about building toughness, and he said that's why I put my kids in sports because sports provide um, natural consequences. And so it makes it so that us parents don't have to create all the interventions, right? We don't, we don't have to create the intervention that helps the kid understand about gratitude. You know, when, when, you're, when you're playing sports, gratitude will pop up, um, disappointment will pop up, failure will pop up, success will pop up, the, being prepared will pop up, the, 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 the result of being prepared will pop up, so on and so forth. So 
I mean, you just look at it down the line, man. I, I, I sports is unfortunately sports is everything literally and figuratively in that sports for me. And I, and I, I could have, it could have been music, you know what I'm saying? It could have been cooking, right? I'm pretty sure there's some chef out there that will say, yes, cooking is life. There's mm-hmm. some musician that would say music is life. And then there's me that says, you know, athletics is life. But unfortunately, you know, sports really is life. Like people like really, this yeah. society is, they put, they, they, they put way too much <laughs> emphasis yeah. on sports. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. uh, a lot of kids sometimes don't follow their calling, never get to their calling because look, mommy and daddy put them into sports too young. And now these other, personalities or identities these other identities that needed development didn't get a chance to because they were stifled and suffocated and overwhelmed by you're an athlete you're an athlete you're an athlete you're an athlete you know what i'm saying and every summer we gotta every every season we gotta play a sport and if we're not playing a, or we gotta play this one sport year round and the kid becomes so in, engrossed by that responsibility or, or or is so committed to that one identity that the identity of being a myriad of other things is kind of put on the back burner. So, uh, so yeah, so that, I gotta get off my soapbox, but sports is definitely creates a lot of parallels for life in a lot of different ways that, that, that conversation go on and on and on and on and on. Um, but sometimes sports can be a distraction to a young a person from really figuring out or making the distinction between what they can do versus what they are built to do. Cause some, some, there's a lot of kids that feel like they were built to play ball. It's like, not you, <laughs> not you. <laughs> I want to get you out of here on this. Um, I'm sure as the listeners can gather, you're an amazing speaker. Um, you always articulate your words well. What would you say your genius level talent is yeah so i think it's a it, it, i think my genius level talent is coaching it's coaching and so either i'm coaching people to discover their purpose or i'm coaching people to enhance their skill um and again it goes back to howard gardner's multiple intelligence theory um you know i've always i say i'm people i'm, I'm self-smart right so that's called intrapersonal intelligence and I am that way because I'm an only child. You know, there's a lot of days that, although I had mom and dad at home, I was inside myself. You know, I was going, I was, I was feeling these emotions and figuring out what to do with them. I was dealing with these thoughts and figuring out what to do with them. Um, I was always inside my own head, you know, play with toys. I, I, feel, like, I feel like I played with toys until I was like 13 to 12. Mm-hmm. And I played with toys for a long time, creating my own scenarios and, and adding personalities, right? to all these characters that were just basically dimensions, like multiple identities of myself, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm just constantly in my head. So that's where the inspiration comes from. That's where the the, the resilience and the fight and the determination and the faith, that's where that comes from, kind of being inside myself and being able to look at my situation, but then trying to figure out what do I have on the inside that's gonna help me power through. So that's the self smart piece. The people smart piece is, I've, I got a degree in psychology. I've always been in, 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 in interested in how how does society impact 
one's behavior. And then when that behavior is elicited or, or triggered or created, the behavior that is that is created by way of the social dynamic, and when that person responds to society, to society how does society how does society respond? Right. So this is constant back and forth. The group does this to the person. The person does this to the group. The group does this to the person. The person does this to the group. And how do what is what what what's what's happening psychologically? So I've always been interested in people. Um, and although I went to a, a, a and although I went to a terrible school for psychology, <laughs> I, I've always done my own homework. And that's one of those things where my my psychology grades will tell you that I don't know much about people and maybe I shouldn't be, you know, <laughs> in this line of work. But I know the conversations that I've had and the impact that I've had in people's lives says something different. And that's one of those things where we can't always let education system, we can't let certain people in our lives or from, from certain levels determine, you know, if we are good or not. You got to look at your life and, and ask yourself, when have I been successful? You know what I'm saying? And how you've been successful may trump that GPA, that low GPA you have. You know what I'm saying? So there's people smart. As I said, existentialism. Um, I, I grew up in a, a religious home. So always questioning God, questioning a, a universe that we live in where people experience incredible misfortune from like day one. But there's a God that exists. Okay, explain this to me. You know, um, like you said, why does a person have to be put into such a bad atmosphere or a bad environment or dysfunctional environment from day one? Mm-hmm. You know, like that baby didn't ask for that. But now that baby has to endure all of that. And then what grace will that person be given that will give that baby or that child a chance to grow into a functional, loving, caring, considerate person that isn't compromised by what they saw growing up? Where is God in that? You know, so I enjoy wrestling with those questions. Some people can't wrestle. Some people don't want to wrestle with them. It's it's, it's much better. It's easier to just ignore that. So you got people smart, you got self smart, you got life smart. And I'm not saying that I can answer all the questions. I'm just saying that I enjoy, I enjoy it. Um, and then there is a word smart. And so my father's a minister. So from day one, he's a, he's a, my father's a minister. And before that, he, he used to earn money as a DJ. <laughs> so I've been hearing my father on a microphone for many, many years. And my father was a bank teller. So I've been hearing him use his words to communicate, hearing him use his words to make people smile, brighten people's days. Um, I've seen him on the mic making people have a good time. And I've also seen him on a mic communicating how God exists, you know, translating the Bible. So words for me have always been important um, and critical. And so, again, my my vocabulary isn't crazy. But I think I'm an effective communicator. I'm long-winded for sure, but I think I'm effective. <laughs> and those are the four things that body smart. I mean, it's like life, life smart, people smart, uh, self smart, and word smart. And then the fifth one is body smart, and that's where I take all these concepts and I apply them to basketball. So now it's my ability to, you know, un- dribble, shoot, 
you know, move with power, with grace, with speed, with control. So I can teach somebody how to do something on a basketball court. So all those things give me the ability to what I feel to do is be an effective, uh, a very, very effective coach that can coach you on how to discover your calling or help you discover on how to develop your jump shot. Hey, it's always an honor, always a pleasure catching up with you. And it's always a great conversation. And I want to congratulate you on the coaching, both uh, with the basketball and the life coaching. And I wish you all the best because, again, you always have a great positive message and I enjoy talking with you. I appreciate you, man. Again, I, I think, I don't know if I said this last time and maybe we might have said it off air, but I think one of the, uh, an awesome skill to have, man, is the skill to ask questions, right? And make someone feel special, you know? Like make somebody feel special by questioning them, not, not in an interrogative way, but you, you, know they're, you know they're interesting. And so you want to bring that interesting, all those interesting qualities out of them. And I think everybody should, that should be a skill that everybody has because that can really transform a relationship. It can unlock a relationship. It can open doors. Being able to just ask questions is so, so powerful. And um, I thoroughly enjoy just being able to take these, these, these concepts and then deliver them in response to your questions um, it's been a lot of fun, man. So, I, so you do an awesome job being able to kind of unlock people's personality, unlock people's gifts, and unlock people's stories. So, uh, you keep up the good work too, man. I appreciate the opportunity to rock and roll with you this morning. Hey, man. Thank you as well. Excuse me. And I appreciate the compliment. And I'm just going like you doing. We're going to both just keep trying our best to keep these people inspired. One hundred percent, man. Um, you be good, fam, and uh, uh, and get over that. Get over that. Uh, that the COVID <laughs> signal she got on and then uh, get back to the action. Oh, yeah. Oh, please, before we end it, please tell the people how they can follow you and how they can get in contact with you. So if anybody wants to get in contact with me regarding purpose coaching, purpose programming, I'll just go over to marvfoxjr.com, M-A-R-V-F-O-X-Junior.com. And if you want to interact with me via uh, social media, just go to speak on purpose nothing nothing crazy no underscore no crazy nothing uh characters just speak on purpose and uh there i'm giving i'm giving it away i'm giving it away uh in hopes that somebody will uh need it use it and apply it all right again thank you for your time man i appreciate you and i wish you all the best all right be good fam i'll talk to you in a little bit dog All right. I want to take the time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lamp. My Facebook is also conversations with Lamp. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.